The following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. So I'll bring it in here. It is now time for another edition of 83 Till Infinity, your favorite Sixers podcast in the whole wide world. John Brown, Mike Jones. Who? Mike Jones. Back then, they ain't want me. Well, what about now? I'm hot and they all on me. Know who else is hot? Sixers. Your Philadelphia 76ers. Round two, baby. Round two, man. Now, look, I'm not one to pat myself on the back. All right, I'm lying. I absolutely love to pat myself on the back. I don't why I don't even know why I would even uh, lie to you guys like that. Somebody on this show, mm-hmm. on a couple of different podcasts, the same interview that we do air on a couple of different podcasts, said that the Sixers would win in five games. Somebody did say that. Somebody said that. Um, do you know who that somebody was? Mm, was it Anthony I, I, Gilbert? Um. A deal, Royster? Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, wait a minute! You know what? A deal, Royster did say, but somebody said it first. Somebody, somebody said, said Sixers and five. Sixers and five. I will give you one guess, and I'll give you a clue. His name rhymes with John Brown. Um, Ron Downs. All right, see that's. See, that's a surefire way to get your mic turned off. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I said it. I came on the air two weeks ago and said Sixers and five. Now, here's the problem with that prediction. Because I, because me not knowing when to, you know, when, when to make enough enough, I expounded on my prediction. Mm-hmm. This is what I said. I said Sixers and five. I said the Sixers would lose game two. After that loss, Sixers fans would lose their mind. They'd want to trade Ben. They'd want to fire Brett. And then the Sixers would win three straight, and the series would be over. Now, there was someone else on this show who did say that the Sixers would come out flat. Yes. Somebody else said that. Yes, but we're not talking about that guy right now. We're talking about me. Okay. All right? I created this show. (laughs) It's my show. I don't look, man. I need both my hands to pat myself on the back. All right, but nonetheless, my prediction was slightly wrong. They lost game one. Now, like I said, would happen. Sixers fans lost their minds. Mm-hmm. They wanted to fire Brett. Mm-hmm. They wanted to trade Ben. Sixers went on a win four straight. There's still people who want to trade Ben and fire Brett, but they're a little quiet right now because the Sixers won four straight. I've never been a fan of firing Brett. I think Brett is a really good coach. Okay. Ben, I don't want to trade Ben. I don't think anybody's untradeable for the right deal. Okay. But I don't want to trade Ben. All right. Well, look, for right now, he's on this team. He's he on this team. He ain't going nowhere this he, playoffs. 
he has potential we, to be one of the best players in the league in the next three, four years. On a Giannis like mm-hmm. Pat Growth's path. So there's no way I want to trade Ben. Okay. But I I just would say that no one is untradeable for the right offer. All right. Fair enough. But for right now, Ben's on his team. He ain't going nowhere anytime soon. He ain't going nowhere in the next two months. No. Nah. So hopefully nowhere in the next two years. I, I'll take it. I'll take it. Let me ask you this. Would you say Ben Simmons because would you say that Ben Simmons arrived? Now before you answer, I I'm throwing this up to you because you missed the objectivity. That's what you do. I throw out narratives. You smack them down with objectivity. Ben Simmons played as about as flat and as poor as he could play in game one. All of Ben Simmons' flaws were on full display. Nets played off him, dared him to shoot. He didn't take advantage of that. He played as poorly as he could play. The next four games, for the better part of the next four games, because he wasn't stellar in all four games, but he played a whole lot better in the next four games, especially game two and especially game three. Especially game three without Joel Embiid. 31 points. 31 points. Uh, What was it? A lot of rebounds. A lot of rebounds and a lot of assists. <laughs> exactly. I don't got the stat sheet in front of me because it was like almost a week ago. I'm asking you, mm-hmm. Ben, would you say Ben Simmons arrived in this series? No. Why? Two reasons. One, okay. I don't know that Ben Simmons has done anything to make me feel like he's raised his level of play during okay. the playoffs. So what he, what has he done? Like, How would you describe that then? At this point, he didn't fall off in the playoffs. Okay. Last, okay. last year's playoffs, let's be honest, he, his numbers dipped. Mm-hmm. He was a rookie in his first playoff. Yep. Now, I'm, not, I'm not trashing him for it happening, mm-hmm. but it happened. What I'm seeing right now is Ben Simmons maturing. I don't know if I go as far as to say he arrived, mm-hmm. but after Game One, when Embiid lets us in, Joel, I mean, when Embiid lets us in Simmons' psyche a little bit, alluding to the fact that he might be a little scared to get booed. He's he reminds you he's a 22 year old kid yep. who's still nervous and all these good things out there, mm-hmm. and he got booed in Game One. He responded. Probably not the best way. Embiid said what he said. I just discussed that. And I think that was one of the best things that happened to him. Okay. Learning experience. It's a learning experience, and he realized, oh, if I play bad or I get booed, it's not the end of the world. Yes. I come back the next game, ball out, listen to the crowd. So what if they booed me in game one? They was loving him. They lo- they do love me. He they just Mike. want me to play well. He was Mike Jones. Exactly. Game one, they ain't won him. Now, Game, now he's hot. They all they on him. all on him. Exactly. They all on him. So I think that was a good experience for him to go through from that regard that the maturing process, the the understanding of how to deal with the ups and downs, the crowd, mm-hmm. the scrutiny, and keep moving knowing that there's always another game, but tomorrow something else coming after that. You can keep working, keep getting better. This It's not the end of the world if you lose one game, miss one shot, mm. get booed one time. So in that regard, 
I think we did see the next developmental step from Ben Simmons. Okay. But I don't want to go as far as to say he's arrived right. yet. Because when enough. I hear arrived, I'm thinking you're that guy who now steps his game up come playoff time. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That's the guy who's arrived to be. All right. You get to playoff time, it's like, oh, I thought oh. he was good already mm-hmm. now. Playoff Ben. Exactly. We, we haven't seen playoff Ben yet. Mm-hmm. We saw glimpses of it. Glimpses. Flashes. We saw flashes of playoff Ben. Playoff Ben could be a problem. But we have not but playoff Ben has not necessarily arrived yet. Mm-hmm. But I think what what has been on display is something that you and I talk about often. And this is something that we go back and forth with because you're Mr. Objectivity and I'm Mr. Fan. However, what we see when you deal with fans, you deal with narratives. Fans push narratives over objectivity. Mm-hmm. Fans push narratives over facts. Most and fans don't understand the how to break down the X's and O's and mm-hmm. styles and those types of things. Mm-hmm. But, not, but nonetheless, but I think so fans, the, get wrap, fans get wrapped up in narrative. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when you say things enough times, people then start to take that narrative as, as truth, gospel. as gospel truth, and don't necessarily know when to break away from it. And I feel like right now, so many people have heard the, the talk and the criticism of Ben Simmons's lack of a jump shot. Whereas they cannot objectively see how good he is at other aspects of his game. It's like, yeah, it's like, I understand that you cannot down, you cannot fully downplay and disregard the fact that Ben Simmons can't slash won't shoot a jumper. And I think that's the part that bothers me more than anything else Mm -hmm. is not that he shoots a low percentage or is it. Steph Curry out there. That's not what bothered. The lack of willingness to shoot even wide open uncontested shots, Mm -hmm. that is a problem because once the defense knows you're not going to even shoot the wide open uncontested ones, Mm -hmm. they can literally sag all the way off you and not even guard you out on the perimeter. Yeah, but I feel like that is what what Brooklyn did. But But Brooklyn lacks the personnel to execute it. Okay, that, what, that, that's it, where that's where I was Bo- going. It's what Boston did last year to the Sixers in the second round, and it worked well because mm-hmm. Boston has a little bit better personnel Bo- to make that Boston work. Boston has a little bit better personnel, and Boston had has more of a paint presence and a shot blocking presence because Al Horford is a whole lot. But be- you know, Jared Allen is. is He's a, he's a nice young player. He's a nice young player. Yes, he blocks some. Sh- he gets those Sports Center block shots. But, but Al Horford's a real dude. Yeah, right. He actually understands the game, knows what he's knows what's yes. going on down yes. there. Yes, so yes. But I feel like honest. But I feel like what you saw in Ben Sim, what you saw from Ben Simmons in the subsequent games after Game One, was that Ben Simmons, the other aspects of his game, will carry can ca- can carry him. Until that point when that jump shot comes. And I still believe that it can come. Now, when you say it can carry him, what do you mean by that? Carry him how far? Carry him through this first round. The first round, yeah. Yeah. Now, look, I mean, time will time but, will kill. But, uh, I guess I, can, I, I do I'm, not know yet. I'm just mm-hmm. saying, like, in your mind, though, what would you think are fair expectations to have for Ben Simmons, how far he could lead this team? As is, what would you think is a fair expectation? 
Second round, losing six or seven is fair. Have to go to the conference champ conference finals. Have to go to the finals because their starting five is so great. Like, what do you think is realistic for this? I for think this re- I think realistic, honestly, is a competitive second round series. I'm not putting conference finals or bust on this team yet. Okay. I'm definitely not putting finals or bust on this team yet. We just talked about had Ben Simmons arrived. Mm-hmm. To me, I think arrived. The best chance of arrival, if it was, if it were to happen in the 2019 playoffs, would be Ben Simmons leading the Sixers past to- Toronto. Okay. And very and there's a good chance that if the uh, if the Philadelphia 76ers beats the Toronto Raptors in this round, it might not be because of Ben Simmons. Could be because of Jimmy Butler. It could, could be, be because of Tobias Harris. Could be Joel could be all Joel Embiid. They have a plethora of options. They they have options. They do have options, and I believe that the but those options those options present a whole different facet of matchup issues for this series that makes it interesting. You know, I think because you you look at the job that Kawhi Leonard has done defensively on Ben Simmons. (laughs) Five to six, eight turnovers in games. Yes. But now you've now seen Jimmy Butler bring the – the ball down down the court. Mm-hmm. Jimmy and Butler, in that Jim, rotation, TJ McConnell pretty much doesn't exist anymore unless it's a blowout. Yeah. Jimmy Butler is essentially your backup, backup point guard. guard. Exactly. With Jimmy some Butler, stretches of yeah. Tobias Harris handling and bringing it up. Jimmy Butler brings the ball up court. Mm-hmm. Who guards him? Do you, put, do you now put Kawhi on Jimmy? I don't think Jimmy. you have to. Okay, who do, you, who do you put on Jimmy? You put Kyle Lowry on Jimmy? No, you leave Lowry on Reddit. Just, okay. be, mm-hmm. just because Butler brings the don't ball up mm-hmm. doesn't mean I switch my defensive assignment. Okay. Do you think Kawhi? Do you think Ben could still be? Do you think Ben could have success against Kawhi without the ball in his hands? It'll be difficult. Mm-hmm. Kawhi is strong enough. To, to, to muscle, muscle him off, yes. the bl- muscle him off that blow block when he tries to post. Mm-hmm. His hands and his feet are quick enough, and we've seen it all year long mm-hmm. that he can absolutely bother Ben Simmons' playmaking and dribbling on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. And we, as we just discussed, he's not a threat to take the jump shot to keep the defense honest. Okay, so absolutely, Kawhi Leonard can bother him. The thing is, the Sixers. Now, as opposed to the Sixers in October, have more options than just uh, Ben Simmons is out the game, ben, Joel Embiid has to score 50. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. They have Jimmy Butler who can put up 23 comfortably. like, mm-hmm. it, it, And then you can get 23 or 25 from Tobias. And mm-hmm. Then if Ben gives you, gives you 12 and 6 and an 8 or something, it's not. It's not the end of the it's world. It's not the it end of the yeah, world. It's not the end of the world. So we have to think about this series, especially on the offensive end for the Sixers, in a matter in terms of team execution and team function, 
rather than concentrating on Ben Simmons' numbers or Ben Simmons' stats. Mm -hmm. If Ben Simmons is able to draw Kawhi Leonard's attention to the point where you have inferior defenders guarding Harris and Butler, who actually are probably the better scorers at this point, Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. So I'm not, you know, I'm not a guy who's hooked on the numbers. Okay. Style of play means everything to me. And if Ben can go out there, control the pace, not turn the ball over when he has it in his hands, Sixers can compete with these guys. Sixers can't compete with these guys. What I like about this Sixers team is, and what I think is kind of understated, as when you start to look at, especially when you look at some of the, and I'm throwing up air quotes here, super teams. I think one element that they have is a guy who can play at a high level who, for the better part of, for the for the sake of conversation, kind of reverts. I feel like I'm, that's a bad term, but I'll, I'll use it for conversation. Reverts to a role player. Okay, that, that's probably the wrong way to say it, as okay. a role player. Okay. Contributor? A, a true, efficient super st- team, like what you see in the Golden State Warriors, mm-hmm. it's not that any everybody's a role player. Okay. That's really what it is. Okay. Every player on that team has a role and plays it. Nobody's trying to do more do, than what they okay. have to. Okay. Whereas you watch like an OKC game or even – a Portland game. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick on Westbrook on this one. Dame Lillard is Dame Lillard is a very good point guard. I yeah. love Dame Lillard. Mm-hmm. But the thing is they on that team, he has to be a superstar. Because if they were trying to play an equal opportunity offense where it's shots being equally distributed. The talent isn't equally distributed. Okay. You put a team like Golden State together, I've got five guys on the court. You lose, and I still mean five guys when you lose Boogie Cousins and pick up Andrew Bogut. Mm. That could give you 20 on any given night. Okay. And I mean a very efficient 20. Okay. So it's just a, it's just a matter of the ball. If you watch the mm. system, the ball is moving all the time. Yeah. Players are moving all the time. Okay. The ball finds open guys, whoever's open shoots. All right. This and is that's what, what I mean when I say they're all role players. They, okay. Everybody's just doing their job. Well, this is what I – They're like this the is patriots what I, of basketball. This is what I mean by that. People will say – people point to Tobias Harris's numbers, not – his numbers in Philly not being necessarily what the they same were. The Philly's and, a better team. Yeah, exactly. Do you remember when KG, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce all joined forces? Yeah. Their numbers all went down mm-hmm. in one way or another. Exactly. Ray Allen was Ray Allen had been uh, had been close to a thirty guy. point guard. Yes. Paul Ray Pierce, Allen, KG, they'd all been the guy. Had all been the guy. They weren't necessarily the guy in Boston because they, they all had all, roles. Like, they were all essentially and on an equal level. And that's what I'm that's what I'm saying here. Uh, when yeah, I look at Tobias we're I look, the same thing yeah, on this one. Yes. Yeah. Tobias Harris might, you know, if you need twenty five points from Tobias Harris, mm-hmm. he'll give you twenty five points. But if he only gives you 17, they're going to be 17 efficient points. Same with Jimmy Butler. You need 25, 30 points from Jimmy Butler, you can get 30 from Jimmy Butler. 
you might not get, you know, the fact that you don't get it doesn't necessarily mean that Jimmy struggled. And I feel like that's something that they have. If Ben is down, if Joel is down, you have two guys, and in fact, three guys, if you want to throw in J.J. Redick as well. J.J. can give you 30. Mm-hmm. You know, you might not necessarily – you might not necessarily need 30 from J from JJ. You'd like it. But you don't necessarily if it's an efficient 30. Yeah, well, yeah, you don't want you don't you don't, you don't want a, a Westbrook 30. You know, you don't want JJ Reddick 30 points off 60 shots. But if he gets hot from the outside, yeah. shoots 9 of 15 yeah. from 3. Go in, you nice. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go in, shoot it. You nice. That's what I'm talking. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's that's what you need. That's what you need. <laughs> but but what I'm, what I am saying is that is an aspect that the that the Sixers has that gives me confidence. They're saying like we talked about Ben Simmons' arrival, mm-hmm. and, and whether or not and whether or not you ne- whether or not that has happened or whether or not you necessarily need that to happen. I'm saying, hey, you know what? What happened in Game One against the Nets? was almost an anomaly. 12 guys playing as bad as they could play all on the same night while the Nets played is probably their best game of that whole entire series. Eh, Well, that was the game I thought they'd be flat simply because of how they approached the final stretch of the regular season, guys Mm -hmm. in and out the lineup, Mm -hmm. more more of tinkering with things than really fine-tuning. So I figured it would take them a game. I I figured like – I thought thought differently – for one reason, because we had talked about Philly versus Brooklyn, and we talked about as you know Brooklyn getting into the playoffs, but who Brooklyn was, who Brooklyn was as a team, you know statistically middle of the road team don't necessarily do anything excellent. They're good. They're a good team. Not great. Not great. You know, there's nothing that they do. There's nothing that Brooklyn really did that was extraordinary. But they're a good, they're a playoff caliber team. Mm-hmm. But when but when it came down to chalk, when it came down to X's and O's, when it came down to team versus team, you knew that the Sixers were a better team. I thought. Oh, hold on. Let me let me, let me make this point. Now, now let you jump in. I thought that that would. I thought they they would have a flat game, but I thought the Sixers would come out at least be better than them in game one, then be flat in game two. And and that's kind of what I was saying. Like, the Sixers had no reason, no indication that they would be prepared for game one. Mm-hmm. Think about the last 10 or so games of the regular season. Mm-hmm. How many of them did they play with full full squad? Not a lot. How many yeah. of them did Embiid play? Mm-hmm. Close to none of them. What happens to Embiid when he doesn't play in a while? Gets out of shape. He eats Chick-fil-A all day and gets tired. And then how does Embiid play? He likes the ball. He likes the attention. He's a mm-hmm. dominant mm-hmm. presence on the court. Yeah. And then he's out of shape. Mm-hmm. That's the perfect recipe yeah. for a team to come yeah. out flat. And I, I, I I see all that. And maybe that's the objectivity versus the hopeful fan. Mm-hmm. In the sense that I thought that, you know what, they're, so much, they're still so much better than Brooklyn that they would be able to get past it in game one where it might, you know, that might – even getting past it in game one might lead to a false sense of security that leads to them being flat in game two, where they just came out flat right off the bat. And, and I they think, had that wake up. And call. I think that could have been the case if they weren't such a heavy favorite. 
But being that they just talent, excuse me, talent wise, Brooklyn can't match up. Yeah, that's the game. You you're kind of sleepwalking in the game. Okay. Like, oh, this series, whatever. Yeah, Joel and B. Ben Simmons, both of let's be honest, as much as we love them, mm-hmm. they've both shown at least some level of arrogance to the to mm-hmm. their game. Yeah. And, and and young players it showing happens. that le- level of cockiness. And I'm glad they responded. I'm yeah. not again, I'm not trying to bash them. Yeah, I, mean, I guess it, it, it's more to me, I feel like this season this season kind of went more towards you know, youth, uh, youthful transgression. They came out they came out flat game one, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's exactly I, what I think yeah. it was—a youthful transgression. Yeah, more uh, more than necessarily a character flaw, right? Where this is like, or this is indicative of the team. Like this is a young, well, it's arrogant, of their youth. yeah, yeah, a young, arrogant, undisciplined team. You know, I don't, I don't believe that that's what this no, is, and that's not what I'm yeah, saying. I don't yeah, want it to sound yeah. like that. No, I, 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 think, I agree. Understand, but I understand. In basketball, especially, great players are always going to have a level of high, high level of confidence mm-hmm. that borders on cockiness. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to how yeah. any of them, any of them talk. Yeah, and I, I feel like honestly, what they got, uh, it wasn't just the loss that was the that was the wake up call it was how it happened they got outplayed at home Mm -hmm. and then Brooklyn just started talking trash too is Jared Dudley mouthing off Jared Dudley mouthing off Jared Dudley exactly but honestly honestly that's what you need that's what they needed they didn't need a star from Brooklyn talking trash they didn't need Dan. You know, it'd be one thing if it was D'Angelo, because maybe if it's if it's a guy like D'Angelo Russell, maybe Dinwiddie, maybe Levert, talking, somebody who's you know a difference maker, somebody who's who's a part of that that core. But like, other than Dinwiddie, the guys you just named are all kids. Okay, and Dinwiddie's not. Especially old. Uh, no. Jared Dudley is the one guy on that team who's been around the league for years and is comfortable in who he is to the point where he knows he could go out there and take the attention off his teammates, mm-hmm. take some of the pressure off his teammates. And maybe in the process, if I get lucky, I'll get in Ben Simmons' head. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's what happened? I I think he was thinking maybe I'll get lucky and throw him off his game. I because I think he knows they were under talent. It's yeah. a shot in the dark. It's a shot in the dark. He knows they were under talented, but I could take some pressure and attention off my young players and put it on. And I'll guess at the same time, since we're under talented, I'll roll the dice see if I can get in somebody's head. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. But didn't work. It didn't work. But I too- but I get it. Mm-hmm. When I, if you know you're under talented, you might as well try to see if you. So I can't out talent you. I have to try to get you off yeah. your game and yeah. making mistakes now. Mm-hmm. Like to me, I I feel like it it didn't work. It didn't it didn't work not at, at all. all. It didn't, it didn't work. work at it didn't work at all. But I feel like people don't re- we as fans. You and I are fans. You and I watch a lot of we we watch. Not only do we watch a lot of basketball, we watch we watch a lot of Sixers basketball. Absolutely. So we are familiar with the product. In fact, most the majority of people listening are familiar with the product. I say all that to say, I say all that to mean, it's like, 
we know that Ben and Joel have a level of to- a cockiness to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and sometimes it's cockiness on the border, on the line, threatening to cross the line into arrogance. Mm-hmm. So far, they, you know, they, they flirt with arrogance. Absolutely. Especially, you know, and I think, especially, well, I shouldn't even say especially it's Joel. Both of them. It's both of them. I it think, just comes out yeah, differently. Yeah, Joel is more demonstrative and, mm-hmm. and extrovert. You know, he, yeah. he's more out with his. But I think Ben but is more Ben, ben is, is more so sneaky like, with his. Ben's just like I think Ben has that air of confidence to the point where it's like, I'm the man, what do I even have to prove to you? Yeah. I think like Joel is more I am the man. In fact, he's more, more I am the man. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. I use the echo button right oh, there. Oh, I got you. Yeah. This, Joel and Bede is like I am the man. Where Ben is more like, you know, I'm the man. Right? Mm-hmm. You, 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 you know, you're not on my level. Like, I don't need to tell everybody. Mm-hmm. I just need you to know. And I know that you know you're not as good as me. Whereas Joel is like, you're not as good as me. I want everyone to know it. And Ben's just like, look, dude, I don't need everyone to know it. You know it. You don't want to say it. But you know, I'm better than you. And I feel like that's what you got with, with when Jared Dudley said what he said. He took his shot in the dark. And Ben was just like, basically, who is Jared Dudley? Mm-hmm. And I felt like there were people who were saying just because Ben responded, Jared was in his head. And I felt like, no, I thought it was the other way around. Can I ask a question Go real ahead. quick? I don't know if I've ever talked said this to you before but um you're discussing about you know what people know and don't know what mm-hmm. they realize yes and i have to ask you this go ahead mm-hmm. were you or were you not aware that people are stupid <clears throat> i know this no offense people <laughs> I'm not talking about you. It's yeah, the other yeah, people. Yeah. That guy next to you. Look, the other if people. you're listening to this podcast, you are not stupid. But I promise you that guy next to you is stupid. Might be that girl next to you. She's stupid. You're not stupid. And if you're that girl, hey, look, you're not stupid either. But that guy next to you, mm-hmm. he's stupid. The one not listening to Mike Jones and John Brown and yeah. John Brown and Mike Jones? Stupid. Exactly. But to the point. I felt like we agreed that Jared Dudley took a shot in the dark. He knew, he knew, I think, in my opinion, Brooklyn played as about as good as they could have possibly played in game one. That was probably the best game you were going to get out of the Brooklyn Nets. In All hindsight, their sh- I'd agree. I thought they would have had one more game mm. where they possibly showed just – Enough pride to put up a fight. I thought that game would have been game four. And when they lost that game, that was I thought game four was that chance. If they were going to win another game, it was going to be game four. Because you just took the you because if there was a game where you would say that Ben Simmons and once let me throw up the air quotes, took over, Mm -hmm. that was game three. Game three, no. You've now lost Ben Simmons played the game of his life. 
in game three, took over. You had a chance to beat. You had no Joel Embiid, couldn't beat him because Ben Simmons took over. Now you're fighting for your life because the fact of the matter is you lose game four, there's a good chance you don't come back to Brooklyn. Barclays, you know, there's a good chance you lose game four. Barclays Center, basketball in the Barclays Center is is done for, for the year. You're coming back in the fall. And when they lost game four, you saw what happened in game. What happened in game five was a formality. Yeah. At the way they lost game four. Yes. Broke them. Yes. Being up eight points, ten points a lot of the second mm-hmm. half. Eight points, I believe, in the th- in the fourth quarter. You sh- and then down the stretch, you lose the game by what? Four points. Four points. So- four points in a game where you got their third, arguably their third best player ejected. Mm-hmm. You probably you you know you showed probably the most fight for the lack of a better you know no pun intended. In fact, you know full pun intended. I, I fully intended a pun right there. You showed the most fight. And they still held on to beat you. They still were able to come back and take the lead in the fourth quarter. In, in without, the, Jenny, without, without Jimmy, Jimmy Butler, Butler for Mike a large Scott, chunk of that Mike game. Mike Scott. Mike Scott. Unless you're a Philadelphia, unless you're a Philadelphia 76ers fan, know what you're saying? You're saying, who in the blue hell is Mike Scott? The crazy dude with the headband. Exactly. You're a fan. You know who Mike Scott is. Of course, you know who Mike Scott is. You're he's a hardcore crazy dude yeah. with the headband. Anybody else? Who and is I, Mike I Scott? Mean crazy. Who had to go ahead to? If it's Tobias Harris, yeah, you understand. If it's JJ Reddick, yeah, you understand. If it's Joel Embiid, you understand. Mike Scott hit the go ahead. Now, Mike Scott is actually a guy oh, yeah. I mean, who a, came in with forty plus playoff games under yeah. his belt before he got to Philadelphia. Yeah. That's objectivity. This is fan-ish. <laughs> that, I mean, honestly, this is fan-ish. Yeah, objectivity, if you know X's and O's, if you're a true basketball fan, you know who Mike Scott is. You're not even surprised he was able to hit that shot. You're sure as heck shot not. Shot 43% as you're a sure, sixer. You're, sure, you're surely not. You're not even surprised he took that shot. Nah. He looks if you're, for the yeah, three. If you're a Sixers fan, if you're a hardcore basketball fan, nothing about the way the Sixers won that game surprises you. If you're a casual fan, you don't know. You're like, who is Mike Scott? I bet you if you're a Brooklyn fan, you don't know who Mike Scott is. You're shocked. You lost in your building to who? You had Joel Embiid bobbling the ball on the baseline while they were down two points? hmm And he got the ball to who? And he was, I mean, you left him wide open because you don't know who Mike Scott is. You don't care who Mike Scott is. You said it yourself. Mike Scott shot what forty three percent from three. Mm-hmm. He's a good th- he's a good shooter. So for so you being a basketball coach, you being a basketball mind, you leave a forty three percent for of three uh three point shooter wide open when the game is on the line. Not on purpose. Exactly. But if you're sitting there, if you're a casual fan, of course you leave Mike Scott open. You know why? Because who the hell is Mike Scott? He's not Embiid, Simmons, Tobias Harris, JJ Reddit. Exactly. So. Exactly. So, yes, I say all that to say, yeah, Brooklyn was broke because that happened in their gym in a game they had to win because you know if you lose that game, you're not playing basketball in the Barclays Center anymore. If you're playing in Brooklyn, you're playing at the park. Call up the and one dudes. 
I thought they had a shot to compete in no. Game Five. Just a sh- not to compete well, in the series, but I thought they had a shot, an opportunity to throw to show some pride in Game Five. Yeah, where was that pride? Not roll, not roll over. Yeah, where was that pride? Well, it clearly that pride? didn't make it on the Amtrak down from Brooklyn. <laughs> like, the luggage compartment all. must have been full. Not at all. Not at all. That was their last chance. Jared, see, here's the thing. You talked about Jared Dudley taking his shot in the dark. Mm-hmm. And I and, and you and probably what you just said, what you said about what Jared Dudley is probably the best explanation I have heard on that whole situation this playoffs. Because I've heard, is he in Ben's head? Or, or you know, what is he doing? You know, stuff like that. What you said, you're and and, and, and I, I tip my hat, not literally because I got <laughs> on, but I tip my hat to you because that is the best explanation I have heard on that. That here is a veteran taking the pressure off his young core because no one ha- know what else happens that not enough people are, se- are talking nobody about nobody talked about D'Angelo Russell, Russell getting Din- locked up by Ben Simmons or Dinwiddie not having the performance or mm-hmm. you just talk about Gerald I mean Jared Dudley in his mouth mm-hmm. and what he did yeah. nobody's to- he took the pressure off that young core so all they had to do was play basketball mm-hmm. they didn't but, but that was all they had but to that's do. all they had to do and that is the best explanation. But I feel like game four, why that broke their back, because that was their last chance. All right. Jared Dudley is struggling. You know, to me, I said it was the other way around because here it is. You've now, you, Jared Dudley said what he said to take the pressure off in the hopes that maybe in all, that I can take the pressure off my young core and maybe, just maybe, I can sneak into the head of their young core. That was his, that was his game plan. Am I right or I mean, yeah. That that's what I yeah. I I would think was his intention. Okay, that's the only thing that seems reasonable to me. And I, I understand, I understand, and, and and I I agree that makes sense to me. But when when you saw what you saw, what Ben was able to do in Game Two with the triple double, mm-hmm. in Game Three with the thirty one points. Mm-hmm. That wasn't going to happen, and now they got Embiid back. So now it's like to me, they're talking about was was Jared in Ben's head. I think it's the other way around, where it's like, look, I'm not in this kid's head. I got to do something. So let me try and instigate this fight. Yeah, I might get ejected, but I'm gonna take one of their people with me. Exactly. I think he was he was swinging, not literally, but he was swinging to try and get Embiid. And when Embiid threw his hands up and walked away, yeah, he was he got, able to he get got Butler. He got Butler. Ah, but what? But that's and that we you see exactly what I'm saying. Jared Dudley has not survived in the NBA for as long as he has by being stupid. By he is not survived by being a great basketball player, mm-hmm. is what I was going to say. Okay. Okay. He has survived by being able to fill roles for teams that, whether it's defense, rebounding, toughness, mentoring at this point, mm-hmm. that is his role. Mm-hmm. And if he has to take one for the team to try to get a star player out knowing who he is, yeah. okay, that that's fine too. If I'm playing against the 96 Bulls and I score two points a game, but I could get Michael Jordan get caught up in some brouhaha with me Mm -hmm. and he gets tossed, my team lost two points, they lost 30. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, sure, you could say, oh, both teams got a player get tossed, but which team re- did it really hurt yeah, more? Yeah, when you're sitting, I mean, and, and you knew that, and you knew that when it happened. It's like, it, it, and I guess to me, it was like right, right then and there, you said, and you, you thought when when it happened, you're like, okay, Brooklyn won this this uh, this exchange. And I'll say one other thing: mm-hmm. us being very familiar with Philly sports. Mm-hmm. Basketball players and coaches are well aware of what the situation is and what player can afford to get tossed and mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And it is far, we only have to go as far as John Chaney for proof of that. Mm-hmm. That's something players and coaches are well aware of. Mm-hmm. Who has fouls? Who can take fouls? Who mm-hmm. could I afford to lose? Who are we looking to get folk uh, target to get them out of their game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's not by accident. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. So that being said, I feel like Jared Dudley tried. He tried. And I feel and, 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 and let me I'm not as, mad at him for yeah, trying. And and let me look as we wrap you know that part of the of the conversation. I think it was telling it was, it was a small for me, it was a small but telling factor. Series was over, game was over. They're you know, sportsmanship, everyone's out there shaking hands. Who was out there? Jared Dudley was out there. And to me, that might be small, maybe not even surprising to you. But to me, it's like that that showed me this was all about gamesmanship. He tried. It didn't work. No hard feelings. We lost. Hey, let's move on. That's, so that so to me, about right. and it's like, look, man, you know, we can all boo, we can all hate Jared Dudley, whatever, what? whatever. He's but, doing his job. But because once to get see right there, that answer you just gave, that's that objectivity that I can't stand. <laughs> all right, that's not what I'm talking about. We're not talking objectivity right now. We're talking fan ish right now. Fan ish was him getting booed every time he touched the ball and all that. Oh uh, man, you should have seen some of the stuff I've done to try to get in people's heads. Yeah. And I'm not even playing NBA no, guys. I'm, I'm playing low level. You play, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm doing stuff, anything I can to try to get guys' heads mm-hmm. talking. And, and, I, and I cannot repeat some of the yeah. things I've whispered in guys' Jared, ears. Jared or, Dudley will never be welcome into this city until unless he somehow, at some point in time in his career, signs with the Philadelphia 76. Mm-hmm. Then they would love him. Oh, absolutely! They would love. They, him. they would love him, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, he'll like he'll be remembered. He'll be a villain in this city for a very long time. You know, it, this will probably, you know, this right or wrong, and I know you're Mister Objectivity, but you know, fan. Oh no, the story is going to go down as he was the bad guy, the, yeah. the butthole, yeah. and yeah, they'll hate him forever. In mm-hmm. this city. He'll be hated forever unless somehow down the line, at some point in time, he gets signed by the 76ers. That will be the only way he'll ever be beloved in this city. He'll be hated for the rest of his life. In fact, there'll be a point in time where we hate him and we'll have absolutely no clue why. You're like, I hate Jared Dudley. Why? I don't know. I just hate him. I hate his face. I hate his, uh, I hate his headband. He might, he could, Jared Dudley could play for three, four more teams. Be hanging on at the end of a bench, get in at, at a blowout. He'll still get booed out the building when he plays Philly. <laughs> and you know it's true. You're laughing because know. you know it's true. I'm laughing because I actually don't know, even after all of this, if Jared Dudley matters enough 
for the effort for us to boo him for that long. No, nah, no, nah, he'll be a no. We, like maybe for a year or two, but no, I'm not sure how long it'll last because we're like, yeah, he's a nobody. Yeah, I mean, he is a nobody. And I mean, <laughs> Joel and B said it himself, he's a nobody. And that was hilarious, by the way. Mm-hmm. That was hilarious. <laughs> but I, I say that in the end, it was gamesmanship. He tried. It didn't work. In the end, they lost. What was he doing? He was out there shaking hands. Good game. Good series. Y'all beat us. Y'all better than us. We're done. Hey, let me go clean out my locker. Exactly. Because, I mean, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, he's a nobody. So, uh, that was one of the best quotes. <laughs> like, I was cracking up. Joel Embiid is my favorite media interview. Yes. It, it, Him, and, and then also the whole, hey, we don't want to go, we, we don't want to go up three, what to lose like the Warriors did. <laughs> like, he, he'll give you the, did he just say the that? Best soundbite. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. Joel Embiid is the gift that keeps on giving, and I hope he gives to this city for like 20 more years. 20 healthy years. 20 healthy years. Yeah, yeah. I want to see him. He would be slightly less funny if he was hurt. Like, I don't think people really found him funny. I mean, people thought he could be funny those first two years when he was on the bench. Yeah, when he's tweeting a lot and he was on the bench, like, "Eh, eh, get on the court. eh, Yeah, yeah, play, dude. Mm -hmm. Now he's playing. Now yeah, he's, yeah, he's funny. yeah, yeah, he's funny. He he was he was slightly humorous. He was chuckle worthy when he was on the bench, but now he, he's just full out hilarious. And I'm hoping I'm hoping he'll be more hilarious for a couple more, well, a lot more years, not even a couple more years. Uh, at what twenty six years old, I'm hoping for ten more from the big man. Okay, I'll take it. I will take it. I, I, I we will see. No, absolutely. All right, all right, look. <laughs> We got more playoffs to go. We will talk. We will definitely talk more playoffs. Oh, absolutely. We're we'll be back yet. next. Oh no, no, we not done. We got a whole another round. We need to go, look, man. Two I'm, more rounds. Yeah, two more rounds. Got the second round, and we got the conference. Oh, is that what you said? <laughs> I mean, um, how much gas you got in your car? You got enough. You got enough gas to get us to Toronto? No, but I do have friends across the border that can give us gas. No, that give us somewhere to stay when we get there. Yo. Okay. I got uh, friends across the border. All right, we might have, we, we, we might have to work this out. What you what, what kind of stereo you got in your car? You got a good stereo? I do. Can we listen to phillygoflow.com in, in your car? We can. All right, then let's make that happen. I'm, I'm sensing road trip. We call up the crew. And by the crew, I mean just me and you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like, we, you know, it's whatever. I, mean, I could use another stamp in my passport. You got a passport? Oh, yeah. You're in trouble, dude. Oh, oh yeah. Road trip canceled. <sighs> Think I can get, how, how long does it take to get a passport? You could get it rush ordered, but it costs more. Okay. All right. Well, but well, normally three to six weeks. Weeks? Probably. Uh-huh. Weeks? You can get it rushed, but it costs you more. And there's no way to get into Canada without it? Uh, you need a passport these days. All right. Well, I guess. Well, look, you you do the road trip, and you call back, and we'll do the joint show from from Toronto. You just tell me how it was. Have to call Anthony Gilbert see if he's going up. Yeah. He, he's oh, been known sorry. to do that road oh, trip. Oh man! So you ain't maybe we'll just do so the show without so you that week. 
You know what? Here's Reporting the live from Toronto, Mike Jones with Anthony Gilbert, John Brown didn't have a passport, yeah, have a passport so he couldn't get any so steps. Yeah, reporting live still from my basement <laughs> in, in Philly. Yeah, yeah. So you said the rush order is still three to four weeks. About three weeks or so. You have your birth certificate? Yeah, I do have a birth okay. certificate. Well, because you, you would need that too. But okay. yeah. it, All right. All right. Uh, I, I, I suck at thinking at the long game. I, I, I should have thought ahead. Uh, All right. Every and, man needs a passport. Yeah, yeah. Well, look. Well, look. Now that means the Sixers have to win this next round so they can play in the conference finals in a city that's American, and then we don't have to worry about it. Road trip to Milwaukee. I'll look. I'll do it. I mean, that's a long little drive. It is a long. It'd probably be about sixteen hours yeah, or so. Yeah, but. In, in I think in the tenth grade. No, no. I was in the tenth grade. Tenth going into the eleventh grade. My church. We did, the youth. We did. Uh, we went to a youth festival, mm-hmm. a youth conference in, like it, it was like Oshkosh, Oshkosh, yeah, Wisconsin. We drove. We took the church van from Philly to Wisconsin. I think we hated each other by the end of that trip. It was a church trip. We were all supposed to be going there to be praising Jesus, and we all hated each other by the end of that trip. <laughs> by the end of that trip, is it, you know, yeah, we it, it wasn't pretty. Wasn't pretty at all. We had fun, you know. We all had a good time in the Lord, but yeah. Next time, let's just say that a couple of years later, when we tried that trip again, we put in the extra money and we flew. Yeah, it, 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 it was a better look. Absolutely. Much, much better look. All right, look, ladies and gentlemen, that is eighty three till infinity. If you like this podcast, you can download it at any time. SoundCloud.com slash bitw sports or on iTunes. All right, iTunes just search for Best in the World Sports Report. You can find that in all our podcasts. Eighty-three to infinity, offense, defense, and discourse. Two hours of me and Mike Jones arguing about hockey and basketball. Yes, I said hockey. Oh, yeah, we, yeah. Brothers, talk pucks. Brothers, brothers talking pucks, man. You can we find do that it. On the, on yeah, the yeah. Brothers talking. Brothers talking pucks, man. Look, download these podcasts whenever, whenever you want. It's what we do. All right. You guys have a great weekend. Go Sixers. And we'll see. We'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Peace. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash BITW Sports. We're on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports.